Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Armchair Philosophers. I'm going to be streaming if you want to watch my screen. Okay. All right. Let me know if everyone can see that. Oh, look at there. There's your computer. Oh, is that is that Bioshock background? Very cool. It is. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Bioshock. I am. Oh, yeah. All right. So today we're talking about nostalgia. And nostalgia is um, described on Wikipedia as a link to the past, a kind of reminiscing of better days. Um, You'll often hear some people call it rose-colored glasses because nostalgia can be a view of the past that's tinted and changed because usually what you're nostalgic for is related to your childhood memories. Um, this picture attempts to depict someone go- going through nostalgia and their childhood self in the same picture. So here are some things some people might be nostalgic about. Um, nostalgic things can be taste, or smell, uh, images themselves, like experiences you've had lifting up rocks looking for bugs as a kid. It can be <laughs> the physicality of something. It can be a sound, a, a song. It can even be a place. And it can all come together in kind of an experience, almost like a lost, something you've lost that you can't recapture. Hmm. Some things you can just hear by looking at. I, I just heard it. Yeah, 100%. I just like, had to take a slow intake. <laughs> that's a good one. Another that's example good. Oh, yeah. of something that's held a lot of dominion over our childhoods. Some relate to video games we grew up with. The, the urge of the, the launch of the computer system during our childhood, where we escalated from computers the size of towers to computers the size of our hands. And we went through games that changed and defined our lives. And this is where I'm going to end the first half and start the discussion. This, for me, represents my most nostalgic moment. Staying up late and playing PS2 games late at night, sometimes with friends, sometimes by myself. Um, I grew up with no console up until... I want to say grade eight, where I had a great uh, experience with my first gaming system, which was the PS2. And that, for me, defined my childhood was the PS2. Um, Not like 100% of it. Obviously, I'm not defined 100% by video games, but it was one of the most defining experiences in my life. And I want to know everyone else's. Um, So... Let's start with Colin. Uh, Colin, what what's a nostalgic moment for you? Yeah, I, I actually I got one that's that's similar, uh, which is cool. Um, y'all know RuneScape? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so like Runes playing with like RuneScape with like old like school friends in um, middle school, elementary school, and then um, throughout the years, like occasionally 
me and those people will like talk and like be like, oh yeah, I logged on like last year or logged on like a month ago just to like see and see how things have changed and whatever. And I have a friend who now streams RuneScape. And so recently I like, I made a new account to kind of like play around and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so like, it's just so cool. So yeah, that's, that's my experience. And it's really cool because um, I, I think like you're talking about nostalgia in that like you can't bring back those old memories, right? Mm -hmm. So in RuneScape, they've they've made an old school RuneScape game that preserves as much as they can of like the 2007 previous game with like cruddy graphics and everything. And yeah. then they have the updated version that's much more similar to like your modern MMOs like WoW or whatever. So they've they're trying to like because they their main player base is older players who used to play it and got hooked like myself, right? So the the old school RuneScape crowd, that those servers are actually larger and more of their customers are on that side of things rather than the new stuff. So like I just think that's such a great picture of how powerful nostalgia is and like even how it's commodified, right? Like just wild. Let me ask everyone and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have everybody, I'm going to ask someone, they're going to talk, and then I'm going to ask another question, and then I'm going to move on. Okay. Um, what is it about video games that defines much of our generation? For me, I believe I would point to the fact that it's the most interactive media. that, And we grew up during what could easily argue the, the birth of video games as a genre in general. And RuneScape, for example, is just one of many stories of people who have played with friends over a video game late at night, whether it be a computer, a Nintendo system, a Sega, etc. In the 90s, up, up until even early 2000s, was kind of like the big boom. And it's still going on today as video games are the most money-making industry. But what is it about video games specifically, do you think? I mean, for us, we kind of started, I don't want to say started at the beginning, because there was obviously stuff that came before, but we got to see the quickest progression. So we saw mm -hmm. like Game Boys, we saw PlayStations, we saw Sega, uh, we had games on floppy disks that I remember very fondly mm -hmm. playing, but now we also have Xbox and like PS4, PS5, so we got to see the quickest development from the very beginning, quote unquote, uh, to where we are we now. Yeah, those late nights in the car trying to hold your Game Boy up to the passing street yeah. as oh, you yeah. played. Not to mention, like, besides consoles, we also had, like, we had the era of free video game CDs in, like, Cheerios boxes, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is a oh. genre defining game, was <laughs> free in every other box of Cheerios for, like, three years, which is crazy in retrospect. I think it has a lot to do with uh, immersion, like in the same way that when you uh, when you read a book or watch a show uh, or play a video game, um, the more dynamic the world is, like the more you get sucked in and then you kind of exist within that world, right? So instead of having a character, like you are that character very much, and if we think about like RPGs and things. Um, but I think I think that that starts developing a bubble of nostalgia, right? Like that that starts to capture experience and memory, right? Which is arguably what, if, you, if according to like bundle theory and a bunch of other theories, that's what the self is made up of. And so if you subscribe to that, then like part of our self actually exists within these video games, right? Isn't that wild? That's interesting. Um, I like to think like 
you think of a movie and it's you're interacting visually and you can get into the characters, but that's as far as you go. Uh, like reading a book, it's your imagination and what you're reading in front of you. When you're playing a video game, you get the sound, you get the visual medium, and everything you do changes what happens. Mm -hmm. There's like a third dimension of your personal choices. It's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure book, where instead I mean, of a long-for-the-ride, it's your ride now. There's for sure some games that take more advantage of that than others, though, right? Like, yeah. there's some games, mm -hmm. like, if you're, if you're playing a multiplayer StarCraft II game, you're not... Like I, I guess you're in the the competitive scene, but it's not uh, interacting with you on a like on a story or media or on a uh, in more of a media oriented sense. Whereas on the other hand, you have more story based games that will absolutely yeah. capture that. I yeah, think I, I think the multiplayer scene can itself become a story, and I'd recommend anybody to look up what any documentaries on the Super Smash Bros. scene during the 90s and what that oh, was like. And that in itself is a, an incredible, homegrown, completely unsupported movement um, that just goes to show you that when people really care about something and hold on to these experiences, they create something. But uh, let's go to Kim. Any, what's, your, what's a big nostalgic moment for you? I'd say for me, it's it's very, I'll say dirt. <laughs> uh, I never had any kind of video game console up until December of grade 11. So for me, it was always outside. The moment I could, I would be outside with my friends playing. And I moved around about every four years. So it was the more I could be outside or out the park or doing some kind of craft inside, um, then that was my childhood and my nostalgia so when i go out camping even now like you get that fresh smell of rain or the fresh dirt from camping i was like oh yeah it takes me back but another big one is lego hmm. that's that was my toy of choice and i was always downstairs with my older sister with my younger brother we were just always hands in the lego pot yep so that's uh It's interesting because you're really into Minecraft and it's almost like a digital outside world where you get to go around and mix with a lot of dirt while also <laughs> being Lego. So also that like makes Lego. a lot of sense. Uh, I think I'm with you. Like I, I'm not saying I was inside all the time. Like I went outside looking for rocks, looking for bugs, trying to find coins, um, walking around the neighborhood, exploring with my friends. Did you ever go tobogganing? Oh, um, yeah. And uh, you just walked and walked yourself into a tree or something like that? Well, I think well, that... a lot of those moments make us... Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. But my friends and I, we all read very similar style of books as well. And that would, of course, then translate to what we explored, I'll say, out in the real world. But you're running around exploring. Um, I don't know if everybody else has read those books by I think it's Aaron Hunter, the Warrior Cat. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I, I know of them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so we were my really siblings into that. Into those and then drag me with them. Yeah, so you would run around crawling in the dirt, like creating clans <laughs> and stuff. Like, so I think so, that 
Yeah. Oh, go ahead. There's a lot of common books we share too, like like there's Harry Potter. Mm. There's da- I don't know if a lot of people here read it, but there's Darren Shan's vampire series. Mm. Aragon. There's oh, Red yeah. Wall. Yeah, Aragon. Oh, Red Wall. Yeah, whatever you might think of it. <laughs> yeah. It's true yeah, though. I remember, I remember loving Aragon and then like getting a little turned off of it by the third and fourth books. And then going back I recently yeah. found my old copy of it and tried to go back and reread it. And my god, I forgot how horrible the prose like I don't think I understood how horrible the prose was as a Everyone child. I I talk to says the exact same thing. It's it's it, it connects us. It's it is true. You're right. Uh, like right. as a, as a kid, it was just oh, this is a fun adventure, and I'm paying attention to these things. And as an adult, I cannot shake the fact that every single thing has like exactly one adjective describing it. Oh, that's <laughs> like there's terrible. It, it's like someone's like you need to put an adjective on everything. This is like one adjective on each thing, and like. I oh man, it's it's crazy. No, you're very passionate about this. It's crazy though that the rest of the book is compelling enough that as a kid that just like went right over my head, right? Like you don't care about how bad the writing might be at all because the plot and characters and world are so compelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. So I won't reread it. I don't want it to ruin it. (laughs) I'm gonna ask. I find a lot of like people my parents' age and older form a nostalgic attachment to a sport in some way, shape, or form. Does anyone here have a nostalgic attachment to it? Like, I know a lot of people have nostalgia for baseball and going to the game or throwing a baseball around with their dad type of thing. That's the biggest example I can think of. Oh, we, uh, I, I, I know. In, in grade five, I'm one of our um, teachers. This is when, like, Harry Potter was really, really big, right? Um, and in grade five, we organized, our class was organized by, uh, by Hogwarts house and our teacher had gone to the effort to convert the game of Quidditch into like a, um, like a game we could actually play in like the gymnasium. And it was a lot of fun. Like, I'm sure it wasn't like super balanced or anything, but like, yeah. I have an attachment to dodgeball. Simply because it was the sport I enjoyed the most as a kid. Ooh. Did anyone else play, like, Red Rover? Yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good one. Or the ball and the rope. And you oh, snapped um, it. Foursquare. Yeah. That's a good one. For me, it was always football. Uh, I'll say American football, not soccer. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you played football, Kim. You played uh, football? I, I didn't. I didn't play football. I wanted to play football. Um, yeah, you played the kid touch version or something, right? Yeah, I did for a little bit. Um, back in grade five, like like they did a before school sports, um, and I was actually pretty good at it. But I don't want to say that it's, it's America. Um, but I was living down in the states at the time, and they they didn't have a female football team, so I wasn't really allowed to play. So kind of, mm. and that's very sad. But we would always watch the football games, like the the Grey Cup and the the Super Bowl is pretty big in my family, and we make a pretty big deal out of it. <laughs> yeah, I find different countries have different like sports or like big moments that they associate their nostalgia to. Like, I find baseball is pretty North American. I find football is pretty Amer- like uh, USA. I find hockey is a very Canadian thing. Walking out on the road, setting up 
nets playing road hockey or even just going on the ice mm-hmm. and playing some games. It's a very Canadian thing mm-hmm. um, that not a lot of people can relate to in other countries. That I, at least that I, I know of. Well, it's like rugby over in the UK and, and soccer down in uh, like South America, right? Yeah. Um, soccer is a big one for a lot of people because it's the world's biggest sport. It's what they grew up watching. Their soccer events are 10 times bigger than most events we have over here. It's insane. So we have like Leanne's example is actually really interesting because it kind of combines two. It combines the, the, the preview of like Harry Potter and that nostalgia wave that took us all by storm when those books came out. And now we look back on it fondly, um, despite any more recent things that have tainted that kind of nostalgia. And we look on that, and Leanne, and what was taken out of that was a sport for Leanne, which is Quidditch, which has also become its own thing and its own culture uh, of people who get into the sport. I'm sure most people get, I'm pretty sure 100%, of people getting to that sport know what, have to know what Harry Potter is, I would assume. I don't think you start playing Quidditch at, like... Because it's usually at, like, university or something. Yeah, it's something I don't you have think, to... I don't think you, uh, you start playing Quidditch because you don't know what, like... You either yeah. know of it or you someone you know brings you into the fold. Yeah. Like, Aaron, she's really nostalgic for the Harry Potter video games, which also combines two things. So, let's go, Leanne, did you want to talk about something else that's more nostalgic to you, personally? Um, I think, like, honestly, a lot of music. Mm. Um, so we used to go on these, like, when I grew up, we, um, we went on long car rides to, like, for summer vacations, because I grew up in Calgary and we'd vacation in BC, so, like, it was like eight hours or like we'd go hiking which was a three-hour drive into the rockies so like we were definitely um so like we always listened to like billy joel or like um there's like a beatles cassette that we had in the car um i i don't know all the the names like <laughs> i don't know half of the artists on those cassettes but they're all like really nostalgic and they'll be like we want to watch the one with like you know the octopus garden which i now know is the beatles um but like, definitely did not refer to them that way when we were small children. If you heard those songs again, they'd trigger those memories, right? You'd be able oh, to yeah. pick them out. Yeah. It was definitely me... a, copy of, uh, a copy of the Red Album riding around my parents' car for years and years and years. I find road trips to be something of a, of a strong memory for a lot of people, too. Uh, like I said earlier, the Game Boys on the road trips or the music on the road trips or the games you play like I Spy. Mm. Um, or punch buggy. Um, let me ask you, everyone: Has there ever been something that you were nostalgic for that doesn't live up? That is truly rose-colored glasses. You remembered it a certain way. You went back, revisited it, and it did not live up to your expectations. Oh, there was some food I ate at university. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's funny. It was just straight up, like, I think we went to back to, like, I, you know what it was, I remember, um, 
we went back to sushi in Kingston, and like, there's some good sushi there, but like, having had better sushi <laughs> in other places, I definitely would not recommend the all-you-can-eat sushi places in Kingston. Um, the quality is not uh, quite there. That's really yeah. funny because that is very true. Very For me, true. there's movies. There's movies. There's games I've come out to, and they just don't. They just don't hold up to. Because when you're a kid, you excuse a lot more. I also find that you have stronger nostalgia from your childhood. But do does do does everyone believe you can form nostalgia past childhood? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think university for me, right? Like I hope to form nostalgia till I die. Yep. Yeah. So then, like. Because the nostalgia is a longing for that moment. Would you agree? Like a longing to have that moment happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like university was brought up, right, as nostalgia, and that's yeah. like, that's a good point. Like, how many times have we reminisced of our times? Oh, at this year university, or at this building on campus, or at this pub downtown. <laughs> yeah, like those those memories are definitely nostalgic. Yeah, I, I think it has. I'm going to go out on a limb. I I think it has more to do with experience gained than time passing. A good moment, something you enjoy. Yeah. So something that's more dynamic can generate more nostalgia than say, Hey, let's slap 10 years on this event. Right. So what, what's the difference between something that you, uh, that you find nostalgic and love and something that, isn't like why why do we hold on to certain things like i i can remember some things that are really i enjoyed as a kid but i'm definitely not nostalgic for that's a good question i I think so partially again the dynamic um portion but i think i think there are certain things um in our childhoods or or past but but these things that, that create nostalgic experience bubbles right I think that these experiences are dynamic in such a way that they're um, they touch us and they they develop they help us develop in some way and we might not even be aware of it. So you know, as a kid, you might be playing you know RuneScape or you're playing with your Lego and you're just doing it because it's fun, but you don't realize that that's actually like becoming a part of you or that's becoming an experience that like you're going to treasure so much or that you learned something or, you know, you were playing it with friends or you built something really cool out of that Lego or whatever, then it, then it generates such a powerful experience, but also a powerful development. So therefore we're longing like for a past self as well as this experience, right? Cause that's what it's tied to. It's tied to the self and the development. Mm-hmm. Like playing with Legos versus playing with generic action figures. I can remember more vividly, the experience right. and the love of Legos than but half the at, action figures I've played. At, at the same time, like there's probably there there's absolutely other kids who would have the opposite, right? Kids who just get get way more out of action figures rather than Lego, and they have a different nostalgic kind of uh, pattern happening yep. there. Yeah, I think it. I mean, I think it comes down to what people enjoy, right? Like things that, especially when, hmm, how to phrase this. I feel like different people had different parts of their lives that stand out as memorably good. The kind mm. of thing that you look back to and wish there still was, by contrast to the hopefully generally positive of a person's life. 
and I feel like those things standing out are um, the things that you form the highest nostalgic bonds to, right? And that yeah. differs person to person. They're, like you can, you can they're almost like your building blocks, right? They're almost mm -hmm. like something so mm -hmm. important to you, you've saved a spot on your mind shelf for them. And I was the things that stood out more than yeah. that. Like, yeah, there's know. things that could be fundamental to what you did, like parts of experience that I, I, you get like a burst of nostalgia for. Like when Leanne mentioned the the Beatles album in her parents' car, and that immediately sent my brain to like, oh yeah, you know, we had one of those too. And in retrospect, absolutely nostalgic. But when I think about the moments that call out to me as nostalgic, without prompting from my own childhood it's not one of them and i think that's just because it was so common like it was something that always happened every day it was definitely positive and i have fond memories of it but it wasn't like so there are levels to nostalgia there's like yeah. your average all that's from my past and that that was nice and then there's like this is this is a part of me and i long to recapture that in some way yeah does does nostalgia require you to want to recapture it i mean sure there's the the thought it's that the it longing would, feeling right but the longing feeling doesn't necessarily mean you want that to be true right now right well i think I, I don't think that i would well okay so so it's longing in terms of like even if you're not serious about it you still have that feeling for it but yeah, I don't yeah. think you can have nostalgia for something you feel negatively about. Like I'm not oh, nostalgic yeah, yeah. about the dentist or something. Like you know. <laughs> it's, it's almost it's almost like I don't know about recapturing it, but it's almost like it's either you want to recapture it or it's like you're sad that the time is like the that yeah. moment is past. Well, I think that's so, that's more melancholy than nostalgia. Yeah, I don't necessarily need to. Like, there's some things that I look back on as good parts of the past, and I go. That really was great, and it's too bad it isn't around anymore. But is either it cannot be around anymore, or I wouldn't necessarily want it to, regardless. And I feel like that's that's distinct from nostalgia. Nostalgia is more like is losing your. I feel like nostalgia is losing yourself in the feeling of how nice or the way a thing was, in a way that like. Um. I would agree with that, like kind of losing yourself in the memory a little bit more intensely yeah. than like normal. Yeah, because it's, it's it's almost a common association that nostalgia clouds what actually happened in those moments. Would everyone mm -hmm. agree? Yeah. Yeah. Like people can be nostalgic. This is why I brought up that it doesn't live up to the expectations because you can have you can have like there's a term rose colored glasses for a reason. You can have this picture of what things were like and it not be accurate. It's almost like, almost like a piece of, of, of art you've made in your head of this moment that doesn't reflect reality. Yeah. That's a good analogy. I like that. I'd point out that there's, you don't always necessarily have like the rose colored glasses on. Like they don't always, it doesn't always apply. Mm hmm. Like I said, there's levels. There's like, there's clearly some, levels of nostalgia where you can look back and be happy with what it was and be fine that it moved on. And then there's there's definitely parts of nostalgia that at least some people have where they look back at it and it's like, man, things were better that way. Despite mm. my, that might not be true. 
like some people right now are looking back at Blockbuster mm. and they're remembering the smell of the burnt popcorn when walking through the door and the feeling of wait, Blockbuster had like popcorn in it. Yeah. That's the whole point of Blockbuster. Why else did you go there? <laughs> I didn't. We went to Roger's video. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Well, well we had Jumbo the... Video in my town, in London. Jumbo's good. Jumbo's the same good. thing. You walked in, yeah. you p- perused the shelves for a cool-looking title that your parents would allow you to pick up, because you didn't yeah. know what some of those were, and you got to watch it. And sometimes you got a good movie, and sometimes you got Baby Geniuses, too. Correct. <laughs> I love and that, that act that act of not knowing what you're in for, browsing the shelves, getting the popcorn, seeing the propped up 3D printed Spider-Man or Qui-Gon Jinn or something. From not 3D printed, but you know, like the cutouts. Yeah. And yeah. the and the like whatever was around there, like ours had an ice cream shop and a pet store. So like going from there to look at those places or something was a familiar association for me. Well, it's like libraries, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with the Rogers video. Actually, it's <laughs> interesting because I also we also went to Rogers video. And I'm thinking, actually, I remember a lot less. Of, one. I remember a lot less of the actual going to Rogers video and a lot more of we used to walk over there because it was a well, it's not a far walk from our house by any means, but like enough that as like. 10 year olds or trailing a 10 year old and the younger siblings behind either way it's like a little ways and it was right next to a starbucks and the way that was always the goal was like to walk over there and then either convince the parents or older sibling which was normally me uh to to acquire starbucks for yeah. everyone to get like hot chocolate All before right. going to the video store yeah like those those memories almost conjoin with each other because so Ridge, you're last. Jeez. I, I, the last? I, you're nostalgic all the time. You I have am, a great answer for so this. Well, that's that's the problem. Is like it, it's hard to pick one individual thing out. I have incredibly nostalgic memories of uh, playing in the woods behind my grandparents' cottage with my cousins and my siblings. I have memories of. Uh, playing like Neopets and learning mm-hmm. HTML to make a guild page. Okay, so as the and, as the person and... who sits next to you as you explain all of your nostalgic ones, can I tell you what you're most nostalgic for? Because I know what it is. I'm actually interested. No, shoot. It is the smell of Florida. No, I'm not nostalgic for the way Florida smells. <laughs> you are. Every time we go someplace, you're like, hmm, what does this smell like? And you're like, it's, and then you sit there's, there for there's, like there's a good this little very... bit, and then you're like, ah, it's <laughs> Florida. Florida. It's, so, it's, it's, so like, it's like very... my grandma's well, it, Okay, so Florida. it does. It does. So here's the thing. And then you it, talk about how nostalgic you are no, about but it. It's, okay, like, yes, I miss going to Florida to my grandparents' house, broadly speaking, but that... That one jumps out of my brain just as a that, that's so less nostalgic. Yeah, sort of that, like sometimes you'll hear a song and just associate it with like an event that happened in your life when you listen to that song a lot. For me, I have like a similar thing, but with this particular smell because it's drilled into my brain as we'd be as a kid every March break that we could. We went down to Florida and you'd fly down there, get off the plane in Tampa. And you'd walk out of the plane, which had, like, recycled air for five hours. You walk into the airport that has more recycled air. And then 
you'd get out of the building, like you'd go through the sliding doors or whatever, and you would get hit by this wall of like the ambient Florida scent of the Everglades, where it's just like everything is alive and dying, and I feel like this is what. uh... So, for the record, anything that's humid smells like Florida. (laughs) So, just so everyone knows. But in my brain, that's drilled in as like the Florida smell TM. So that's that's definitely something that comes up a lot. But but I don't think that's nostalgic. I think that's just an association. Like I'm nostalgic for I'm nostalgic for reading fucking Artemis Fowl. I used to run around for years, literally carrying a copy of that book in the breast pocket of my like winter coat in case I found someone who hadn't read it yet. I am nostalgic for like early web comics. I'm nostalgic for playing Warhammer with my friends at age like yeah. Much too young there's a them. lot we're all nostalgic for. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no singular nostalgic thing that stands out for you though. Is what you saying? Can't think of like each of them when I think of them is equally nostalgic. It's not to and that's fair. That's perfectly them, fine. Like, yeah. Um, I, th- I don't have like I a single, especially if I'm just thinking like you know childhood, right? If we limit it to like thing from childhood, there is no single thing that stands out. No, I was just saying something you have strong nostalgic feelings towards that you can clearly point to as like yeah, there are other things, but yeah, this is yeah. something. Um, is Colin touched on this? But is there such a thing, and was it called as like a, a negative nostalgic? What would that Look like um, maybe shame, maybe <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm sorry. serious. Sorry, I mean, what? Like, shame, shame is oh. shame, shame is or embarrassment. But shame is when it's something that like you did wrong or that touches. That's true. Wrong, that's true. Right? Or like embarrassment. No, these are all too personal. But it's something similar to that. I think there's there's or, just like bad vibes. Regret, <laughs> just not regret. Yeah, things as. Well, as yo thought. regret. No, I think regret's it. I think regret okay. is actually it. Wait, wait, what about would cure me out trauma? Like that's, when, that's you, when you have a negative, ne- an ingrained negative response to hearing about something, instead of trying to lose yourself in it, you try and immediately forget about it. That's trauma. I don't know yeah, that's, that would that's be. I don't know if that would count as nostalgic, though. No, we're talking like the opposite. That's a straight up trauma. We're talking the yeah, opposite. This is like the anti-nostalgia. Because it's interesting. Because. I think for almost every thing a human goes through, there's the opposite. And it, but I know it's not clear what that is because everything is a little gray when it comes to human emotions and what we feel. And nostalgia is probably one of the biggest gray areas, by the way, because all people and even scientists who look into this uh, recognize it as is you feel a certain way about the past. Um, and they don't go much more in depth than that. Uh, I sort of visualize it as, and I know this is a massively um, a massively simplified view of the mechanics of your brain, but like sort of picture a, a neural network with two <laughs> sort of endpoints and one is thing good and one is thing bad. You know, is the it, past reinforced is it... one way or another depending on how experiences turned out for you. So you wind up thinking about a thing either by association or it again and your brain is like if you have a strong feeling positively or negatively it's because those yeah pathways are is it because in those moments our brain released an amount of endorphins that our brain is wanting us 
to experience that again? You, you know what? I'm, I'm going to jump in on this. So, so on that, you have this string with the two endpoints, right? So yeah. similar to that, I'm wondering if, you know, when we talk about nostalgia, it's, you know, we fall into talking about what we are nostalgic for, but we don't often talk about nostalgia itself. Like we're trying to talk about nostalgia itself, which is great. Um, so I'm wondering if it's the association, because I really like um, yeah. whoever was talking about association so much. I, I can like I really agree that, you know, when you're thinking about the music, for example, that's a great example where you listen to that music. And now every time that music plays, you think of that thing or whatever you associate it. So but that association, I think that 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 nostalgia string, that association yeah. is is like where the nostalgia lies. Right. That string. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to bring the bring the science train to philosophy station, but that's essentially the gist of how human brains work. Like, everything is base. I mean, okay, there's parts of your brain that are pre-built to interpret certain signals certain ways into the rest of the matrix, but a lot of it is your experiences decide whether or not certain responses occur. Yeah, I, I, I think, though, that, like, I, I think that... I don't want us to get caught in the content. I want us to get caught in the method that the brain yeah. is using, yeah. right? And I think that that nostalgia has more to do with methodology than it does with content, right? So it is like nostalgia is not experience. Nostalgia is not a memory. Nostalgia is nostalgia. And, nostalgia and off is of that, association. yeah, and off of that, would you would you say like, because we all know you can nostalgic off of one sense, seeing something, smelling something, tasting something, feeling something instantly. Sure that one of those things because of something you've experienced pleasantly and i think we've agreed that nostalgia is a positive emotion yeah it's a strong strong memory trigger would it would it not then tend to reason that if a lot of those things come together those nostalgic like if you have a smell a place a an image a feel a taste all in one like in ratatouille when the guy sits yeah. down and eats his thing it's his taste but what if he was in his, his, his he's like oh it's the original kitchen where my mom used to make like is it stronger well, it, is nostalgia I it, stronger i think it depends right because i think if it's all from the same source if i you know if i you know blacked out and woke up in the moment of walking out of the terminal in tampa and getting hit by like everything about being in florida i'd have an overwhelming sense of nostalgia but i think if you had like a taste you're nostalgic for, but also like a different sound and a different sight and everything. You, they might just pull you in opposite directions. I don't really know where you'd mentally wind up there, right? Right. Yeah, like some of us can't drink whiskey anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... even, even, even when it's purely good stuff, I just sort of wonder if it were enough different directions of good that your brain would get a little confused. I wonder like if you sat down and had multiple things trigger nostalgia in front of you yeah how your mind would interpret that would it be like oh yeah this is everything like what if you have something in front of you that triggers nostalgia from when you're in university versus something you trigger when you're in middle school what happens do you, do you relate more strongly to the one you had more recently or the one you remember less but have made what up more of this art piece for i think right like prioritizing else. Yeah, it would probably be whichever one is stronger, but that would be a combination of factors, right? Like something could be recent, but just not that make might make that much of a mark on you. By contrast to something that like, like I have strong nostalgia for Warhammer 40k and the, yeah. everything I went through 
playing that game and and Colin was actually a part of that and I have strong nostalgia for the camps I went to YLCC which once again Colin and my nostalgia bonds to people a lot of the time like my friends and those moments I've had with those people I treasure and it's almost like when it starts to bond to another person it stops being nostalgia and starts being like love and friendship for that person Mm. right the Mm. shared memory of those events i think i think it's because that nostalgia is becoming it's a living growing thing right it's no longer stuck in a bubbled memory past right like it's it's associated so strongly with someone like you're saying like me because i i totally understand what you're you're, this is very relatable right in the same way that yeah i'm nostalgic for camp and then i talk to brendan and then i'm like ah, this is bringing back a bit of that camp, right? And it's not like, it's not exactly like, it's not camp, right? Talking to you is not camp, but like camp has imprinted on you and now it's like twilight, you know? And it's I'm, an experience I'm like, we've yeah. shared. And uh, like I've shared experiences with Leanne and Ridge. I've not met Kim in person, but we've shared experiences digitally, which yeah. is another interesting like level to like where you don't even have to meet the person sometimes to have that yeah. connection, that nostalgia. That's actually something I wonder about a lot of time is because I know that everyone I've met or almost rough age range doesn't have too much of a problem, broadly speaking, with um, with making associations over digital means. Like a lot of us have friends we've only ever met over the Internet, but or, or even just like associations with video games for instance it's sort of like you're associating with the digital thing and i found that people above a certain age not all of them by any means but like it makes me wonder a lot of them just don't have that and it makes me wonder if it's like a learned skill to some degree that a lot of people don't have is like forming those attachments to you know if you if you're a person by contrast who grew up thinking of a computer as like the email thing and that's the only thing your brain associates with it maybe you just don't form the same attachments positive or negative to it like we i was gonna say like we would be closer to writing letters but i know some people have a lot of very heavy attachment to writing letters or as they wrote it's a difference of generation like if you talk to my parents well, and and like where you grew up and culture yeah. and there's like Our a lot of things that define like you'll find common threads of nostalgia but yeah. if i talk to my parents or a white middle class when they were growing up, somewhat lower class on my mom's end, who she's first generation Scottish, so she's an immigrant. The her nostalgia comes from her life in Scotland and her life in Canada. My dad's life in Canada is his nostalgia. My nostalgia is my life in Canada. Um, it's it's different because of how you're raised and what what you go through. Yeah. But there's like shared things like Star. They had the first Star Wars. We had the prequels um, <laughs> and the poor unfortunate people who have the sequels yeah and like they grew up with the beatles and we grew up with uh spice girls and backstreet boys and the, like those bands and dare and okay you want hold on can i retroactively go back for a moment to incredibly like high high point of nostalgia for me sure because you've, you've awakened the part of me that needs to talk incessantly about Neil Cesariga and sitting in front of a computer with some friends singing along to the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. <laughs> it, was, 
a very heavy point of early YouTube. Early YouTube, another great example of oh, yeah. something we experienced firsthand as a generation. We experienced social media's birth. I don't even think that was YouTube. That was like albino black sheep back when they had the flash archives there. Yeah, we went yeah. to the birth of social YouTube, media. Yeah. And like we can form, like people look at us and our parents were like, you're watching this on YouTube? Go out and play it for real. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like, like, it, that's why when this generation grows up and has memories of watching people play video games on Twitch, it's, it's, they're going to be more understanding of something. Uh, at least I hope of some sort of media that they don't understand and people are doing. I don't know. I see people doing stuff on TikTok. Oof, I don't know what's going on. So I've been I've been starting into like using TikTok just because I feel sort of bad about. So this is, here's an interesting one. I feel nostalgic about Vine despite having never watched a single Vine while Vine was active as an app. Vine I is like basically on. TikTok. That's the but, thing. No, they're they're different though. So I got I got into the whole Vine trade and late to watch like compilations on YouTube, but and so I've been inspired to start actually using TikTok before it same thing happens. It so I'm not such a such an old fogey but um it's it's interesting that like i have a very distinct nostalgic feeling like and i I understand on some level that what i'm feeling nostalgic for is probably more related to uh being back at my parents place uh after going to queens and interacting with my younger sibling and uh they were always like quoting vines and stuff so i wound up doing the same and but, but that's not what my brain is like. You were talking about, you know, rose-tinted glasses and how you're how you sort of reconstruct your version of things. And it's interesting that, that, like, the actual event that I probably should be thinking about with this has been mostly wiped out in favor of, like, this feeling of nostalgia for an era that I was never actually part of. Well, interesting you say that, but we'll get to that later. Um, fair, fair. I'll, I'll leave it if it's... Uh, um, so I'll give you guys an example of something that I have nostalgia for, but just does not live up. I am nostalgic for Dirt Kick. What is the gummy dirt? worms, the Oreo oh. cookies, the p- chocolate pudding? You get that if you went to Laser Quest or anything like that, and you had a birthday at any of those type of locations, like. Hmm. And they would serve you that as the cake, or that was common cake for me at least when I was a kid. I have never actually had dirt cake, but I have heard of its existence. It's just it did when I had it more recently. I was like, "This is not good," and now I never want to eat it again. But up until then, I was like, "Man, I remember dirt cake being amazing." Wait, and the difference, the, like, the chocolate pudding with Oreo. Yeah. Yep. Wait, so when they, yeah. I remember that. So it's because it's it's sweet, and I'm less tolerant to lactose nowadays. So it doesn't sit well with me anymore. Interesting. Oh, come on. I, I t- I'm totally nostalgic for being able to eat an entire pizza in one sitting. Don't get me Chuck- wrong. Yeah. Is anybody nostalgic for, like, Chuck E. Cheese pizza or, like, McDonald's? I, I never got to go to And it doesn't pizza. live up because, you know... Like the play pens or like the, like any of those like events 
where like you go back and you know you now notice the floors are dirty or there's gums or the ball pits yeah. have been peed in or those you know okay. block yeah. pits you dived in are <laughs> questionable. The one that always gets me is that uh, like when I I like I was walking past my old elementary school the other day and it's it's smaller like it's so much smaller right, <laughs> right. Yes. because I I used to be a little person you know and so. Yeah. It, it, like, but it just, it just blows my mind. I'm like, I'm walking and in 10 strides, I'm like, whoa, like I'm already at the other end of the school. Like that's, that's, it was so around. big. <laughs> yeah. I used to sneak around my church when I was a kid, like Sam Fisher, like an assassin, like <laughs> trying to like get, not get caught by the priests. And, um, to, cause I went to the floors you weren't supposed to go to during mass. And, uh, it's like when I go back, it's like this isn't it wasn't even like <laughs> it's not <laughs> like anything it's like like anything I picture in my mind of like the the dark tunnels and the different like it's just not it's it's like a, a gamified what actually happened. Oh man, I had a crazy moment of that. And it wasn't even the gamification, it was pure scale where so I, I went to the same uh school from grades like one through twelve. And there were a small number of us by the end of grade 12 who'd been there since grade one. And they had a little thing where they, they got our original grade one teacher to come back. And we all said hi. And we had a little like, photo shoot back at the, our old grade one classroom and whatever. Then we're just walking around like the lower school there. And everything's tiny. Oh, the chairs, right? I remember I mean, the chairs, sure. But I remember going into the art room at that school. And it was a huge room in my brain with the soaring ceiling. And like... <laughs> It's not really that big in retrospect. <laughs> like it's and it was I, I don't want to say immersion breaking because that's not the right word, but talk about like breaking a nostalgic memory of something. Like it's still I still have all this nostalgia about it, but it's one hundred percent not the way I pictured it. And it just let me thinking how crazy it must be for the people who like work there all day in this environment where everything is built for like five-year-old sized people like oh there's gonna be some like dysphoria attached to that well i think the thing you're missing is that their offices aren't built for five-year-old people but like a lot of them were that's the weird thing you went into them and like a lot of the rooms that were teacher oriented were still built and like decorated with they might have to bring a five-year-old child in here to talk to them about something in mind. Like, the desk at the reception was, like, knee height. It's, it's just crazy. It's interesting, because I was went to, like, I graduated and started at the same school, but, like, all of the, like, teacher-oriented stuff was definitely not built to, like, small it was it was because there was older kids in the school. It was all mm -hmm. built for like actual sized people. Well, yeah, that was because ours was split after between grades seven and eight. And you moved from like the lower school to the upper school. And so, that's, yeah, I'm gonna name some things, and I'll you can uh, I'll pause if people react on them. But um, so like things that I just don't experience anymore. Uh, fruit by the foot. Um, those lunch trades you would make where you got the juice boxes. Or the oh, milk. I was very skilled at that. Oh, yeah, you, oh, yeah. with the little meat and cheese. Oh, slice. I got the Lunchables. Doritos. Yeah, oh. 
Those are so um, terrible for you now as an uh, adult looking back, but those are so of, good. The kind of culture you developed where you would be like, oh, I've got the Doritos. You got you got the second juice box. Let's trade. Um, I'm just having flashbacks down in Lunchables, and I'm horrified. Because yeah, you're they're not good. And they don't hold they're up. Just, they don't hold up. Well, modern Lunchable adult lunchables or charcuterie boards which are really good <laughs> yeah I, but I definitely like, did okay. some like did some shameful stuff in order to acquire popcorn at lunches because <laughs> yeah. like some kids would get the microwavable right and there'd be like two kids in the class who did and they're instantly popular and in and on the like popular popular but in the like please for the love of god give me like three kernels of that because it's the entire classroom will now smell like my right and it, it's 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 like walking past a, a cinnabon it's impossible oh. not to go inside. I have mastered the ability to not go inside a cinnamon bun, but I, it's. <laughs> I don't know. Eglinton Station. So recess is another. Like during the winter, it'd be the snowball forts and the snowball fights. Oh yeah. And like oh, the yeah. different things your friend groups would get up to. Like me and my friends used to play this dumb game called Imagination, where all we do is walk around and basically LARP. Yep. And... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I think yeah, yeah I know. It, but we were like. That's a pretty consistent wow. experience. I remember we, like, we we did all sorts of stuff like that, but we also like there were these two or three guys who were like, or two above us who we all just hated because they hated us. And I think there was genuinely like there there were some genuine fights there, which yeah. were like over the dumbest stuff too, right? There was the one year that Yu-Gi-Oh was really big, and someone got accused of stealing someone else's Yu-Gi-Oh. By the end of that day. There was one child, marginally older than some other children, children, who was like had a rock on the end of a shoelace. They were swinging around their head, trying to injure them. Like it, it got serious, man. This oh, is, yeah. uh, what kind of school yeah, did you go to? No, no, no. I can, I can boys' totally private school is what I went to. I can 100% relate. I remember like chasing after like a kid who stole my precious like like I had a stick that meant that yeah. like I was the leader. And yeah, they took yeah. it. It was a very special, like the way it was carved out of a of a tree. And like I chased after this kid, and like I was oh, yeah. trying, like I was trying to beat him up. Hundred percent. It was deadly serious. I do not remember two year old because because when you're when you're like five years old, someone says this is true, and everyone just that's that's what's true from here on. Mm -hmm. Like you can so, announce a new rule, and everyone's just so yeah. off of that. What did you believe that? Like, I believed in the, uh, if you use strength near, like, you could get Mew in the Game Boy games. Oh. I, I believed that uh, Mr. Mazzoni, one of our school teachers, would go and take giant poos in the urinals at middle school <laughs> because we found Sorry? them. And that was a rumor people spread around. Well, a bunch of kids found a giant poo in a urinal. There was the there was there was one year there was the the legendary shit at my yeah. school, which was like there there was a lineup out of the bathroom of people who wanted to see this. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally, there was there were teachers lining up because none of their kids had shown up to class because everyone was in line to see the monster shirt. <laughs> Like, I don't oh think they ever gosh. determined like who was actually responsible, but it was just. Like, I don't think you, that's like. It was like you imagine being that person. I, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain this. Like it, it someone it ingested and processed an entire full-sized eggplant in one piece. You know? 
Like, yeah. <laughs> it certainly wasn't going down the toilet. That's all I'm saying. It's growing up. I, I don't want to say growing up as a boy, but like, I don't know how else to explain the differences. I don't know. And I think there was definitely some stuff like like I'm So I grew up with two siblings. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely thrown Lego at my other siblings to get my way. But like at school, we didn't do that because we knew we would get in trouble and like I'm pretty sure sh- and like most people generally like follow that rule. Like at school you behaved yourself. There was the one kid, the one kid who broke another kid's arm and he got suspended. I think it, like, I think it has to do with like there's there was a lot you could get away with as a kid, right? Because they they don't really want to enforce any rules on you, depending on whether or not you and your co classmates were aware of this. I feel like that could result in very different situations. Like I know some some of my friends who went to different schools who would like hear stories about this and be like, "That's crazy! You can't! You're not allowed doing that!" And like. They're not going to do anything. Like that's that's a lesson I learned very quick as a kid is that if someone does something illegal, the school does not care. They they do not have the resources to try and stop you from being a terrible child. And if other people are going to use that against you, you as well do it yourself. All right. So Disney World. Never been. God. Anybody oh! super nostalgic about that? Disney World, yes. no. Uh, Centerville on Toronto Island, yes. How about uh, East Park? Storybook Gardens. Don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. For for me, growing up in London, I know what the, both of those are, and those yeah, were a big too. part of my childhood. <gasps> yeah, I, I believe you grew up in London too, right, Colin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Like, like location is a lot, another one. Um, I... It's unfortunate, but I think gender is another one. Like growing up, and people assign you a gender, and you grow up with the influences people present to you. Right? If you grow up and they're like, "Oh, you're a female," they're going to present to you female opportunities for the most part, unless your parents are really good. Built-in nostalgia, though. Like I don't know about you, but I took a pretty firm rejection to everything that was ever told to me about my supposed gender, and I've more or less been making it up as I went along since. I yeah, had two but brothers. It's, it's just what you're presented, like you can't control that sometimes. Right? So that's true. But I had two siblings, so yeah, like I, I would also be like I would be present if I was presented something different than like my siblings were presented, and I wanted what my siblings had. Like you know, I think it affects more if you're like if you're only presenting like whether it's the assigned boy or girl gender a specific thing, and you're not show- like exposing their siblings to it. But it's different if like you have siblings of the opposite gender and you see them being like given other things and you're like, no, no, no. I want that. I had some friends who were at a friend. One of my best friends growing up was one of three boys. And like, yeah, he definitely got a lot of the, you're exposed to what you're exposed to thing. Well, it's it just, it's very clear to me when I talk to people um, that given what gender they were, they're, given at birth because we did grow up during the the revolution you're not supposed to you're supposed to be able to choose your gender we did grow up during that and during that time like a a girl a person who's called a girl at birth has a shared nostalgia almost shared more shared nostalgia with other people who are girls um 
than boys. Like boys will have hot wheels, for example, or dinosaurs or, and like this, there are outliers, but like a lot of, like my sister, one of the most sporty girls I've ever known still had Barbies. Right. So it's like, it's like, there's like common things that we share almost on, I don't know if that's unfortunate or not. And I don't really know how would I classify that. I think it's unfortunate if you're never given the option to pick. Yeah, it don't. It's like the clothes, right? The clothes is clothes is a big one that we still go through where girls will talk about their lack of pockets and boys will have no clue what they're talking about. I hate it. (laughs) I know there's Kimmy. There's a pocket. There's a store that sells everything with pockets. I have to send it to you. Oh, please do. I swear to God. And see, I have no clue that plight. Like, I don't. Can you imagine if you didn't have pockets? Go Let for alone. a day. Go for a day. <laughs> and, like, every time you, you like, try to put something in your pocket, like, pretend you can't. And you're like, ah, it doesn't oh. quite fit. Right. Don't pretend. Have somebody sew your pockets shut. And actually, then yeah. go for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, they do that. Why don't we just give you some fake pockets? You know, they, they actually do that on a lot of fancier be surprising that you'll get like a, a suit or something and like pockets sewn shut because you can't break the lines of the suit that would make it less aesthetically. I remember you complaining about that that one time I and I almost threw a rock at you. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, there are some suits that they sew the pocket shuts, but you're supposed to cut them open. So, are you? It yeah. took me a yeah. long time to learn that. Yeah, why wait, you're supposed that? why don't they just come with the pockets? It's the way they're done. sold, it's to keep them straight and presentable. Yeah. Because they well, that's okay. Because the, the the end of, the end result is that, that those suits generally do better when you have nothing in your pockets. So I have feelings about this. Like they're they're meant to have that. You're 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 designated male. You're meant to present as a rectangle. And the rectangle <laughs> does not have like using a phone in his pocket. Oh yeah, they have their wives oh. carry them in their purses because they don't have any pockets anyways. That's so funny a rectangle. I'm gonna use that next Michael time. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Anybody nostalgic about Michael Jordan? Only if we're talking Only about Space Jam. Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam. So, I don't know Which... about anybody else, but I knew next to nothing about basketball, but I knew who Michael Jordan was in D. Yeah. Yes. I only knew who he was because he was in Space Jam. I only knew who he was because he was in Space Jam. Space Jam. No, I've never seen a, Space Jam. That's a powerful what? nostalgia. What? I made it, it through like severe university depression by listening to a YouTube playlist of things mixed with Welcome to the, like the Space Jam. Welcome. That's amazing. Well, let's let's actually talk about this. There's media that is generally considered bad, but it's so influential nostalgically to a generation like Space Jam. I think most that of it actually, despite it being it. bad, it it's considered transcendent. It almost it's almost like perception of it is like the people looking at it and looking at it just as a bad movie because on the surface it is I think not that's so- a
that's a Uh, I, I had very little in, in retrospect, and this is not even something that's like as a child. I know for me, at least, I Do you was have very bad at like being critical. Plan a minute. Yeah, I can. Okay, <laughs> yes. Too. So did I. So did I. <laughs> Which is is that the first? Second or third? So I enjoyed it face. as like a child. No, I haven't. I, I want to like. Hold up. It Space does. Jam does. Not, parts of it do. Parts Phantom of it do. It's hard up to say you. everything but Jar Jar holds up. Even, you know what? I, Jar Jar, I, I still understand why Jar Jar appeals to children. So yes, I, because I, they didn't have C-3PO and R2-D2 as comic relief. They did have C-3PO and R2-D2. They literally did. Okay, C-3PO didn't exist until halfway through the movie, okay? Fair. But, okay, <laughs> we understand that this. long after. Do not make this a Star Wars discussion, though. <laughs> the point is, for me... Uh, that did not hold up. Whereas, like Space Jam, it I watch it, and I much I much more enjoy wa- rewatching Space Jam than I do Phantom Menace. In fact, I actively avoid rewatching Phantom Menace. No, I'm I interestingly, Phantom Menace I watched anyway. like I enjoyed rewatching Space Jam, but not as much as I thought I would. And here's, yeah. here's an interesting. You know, we're talking about like uh, nostalgia through music, and I think this is also very true of video games. And then there's some music that honestly doesn't even necessarily have to be the world's best music on its own, but we associate we have like distinct nostalgic associations with it that drive the emotional connection of it way beyond what it really get. So that brings I- me to my next question, actually, Rage. Um, shared nostalgia, nostalgia you've mm. heard secondhand. Like if so- I go, dun, 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 almost everybody knows what that is, despite whether they own that game, played it or not. Sorry, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> okay, that's Super Mario. Maybe you're all just bad singers. Would... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to attribute this to like your mate uh, being tone deaf or something. Fine. It's the Super Mario theme. If I, if I was a pitch perfect singer for Leanne and everyone else got it right away, um, you would know what that is. You know, yeah. you, you might even have some memories around it, whether just seeing it. Not maybe not even playing it. Maybe the the image of Mario himself is nostalgic. The Wii music. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a very distinct nostalgia trigger. We should. But I mean, we we mentioned the Beatles a couple times, and this is a great point, right? Like that. It's what we listened to the car growing up. It's what we had on mixtapes was Queen yeah. and yeah. the Beatles and like uh, Led so, Zeppelin. Is that? what I would call nostalgic ripples where something makes such a big impact during its time that we still be through our parents and through passing down humans, oral tradition and, or just the tradition of sharing what you enjoyed. That's the ripple effect. I right? mean, there's also just like media saturation, right? There's sort of, there's things that when you picture a certain era or a certain scene, like come with 
a certain soundtrack come with a certain aesthetic that because not 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 necessarily because you have like personal affinity for it but because that is how it is presented in every piece of media ever uh, true but i think that the newest generation is going to miss out on these the, i think ripples is a good way of putting it right they have spotify they have apple music they can have basically an unlimited access to music in general from soundtrack also... to, to nostalgia so for them rock is rock there's not necessarily certain genres because they can look up still... any music at any time. What? They can, no, but they'll I, still get certain. They'll still get certain ones from certain places. Like you have, uh, comparatively recently, uh, Captain Marvel. Right, that movie is set in the '80s, and it goes full ham on its '80s vibe music. So, if you're someone who did not exist in the '80s and has never heard any of these songs before, the context you're understanding them in is this is a thing about the 80s right? yeah i'm gonna piggyback on that i'm i'm very critical of ready player one yeah. i don't even want to bring it up but i just brought it up uh there's there was a i was working at chapters and and there was a ton of kids coming in for that book and it's like this is 80s and like you you don't you weren't there like you're like two generations apart or, or like three generations apart or four i think in some cases depending on how young the kid was but these kids were just lapping it up right and yeah it's partially because like ooh, a book about a video game but like there was a lot of kids who became like really interested in the 80s because of this yeah but you get this yeah i think you get the same thing from like, novels set in like earlier like I, okay i'm a huge computer nerd this should be made made uh readily available about me but I'll, I love reading like you know your Neil Stephenson cryptonomicon, okay. yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, where it's like early hacker culture, which I was not alive for. Neuromancer, buddy. Neuromancer, but also like the as well as the sci-fi more ones, the ones that were like set in the real world, but like were involved with or about the sort of hacker culture of the time. Okay, and so, like hack the planet. Yeah, like your your war games, your. You know, it's and right. that's absolutely something I got secondhand, right? Like going, right. it it falls in the same bucket as talking about vines earlier, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm thinking about uh, Back to the Future, right? Which, like, I yeah. love Back to the Future, but like that wasn't my gen. That was my parents. But my parents watched it with me, and then they're like, "Isn't this great?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then now, Back to the Future, like I have nostalgia kind of for Back to the Future in a different way that they do, but um, so, yeah. right. I really it. so it's a nostalgic ripple, you could say. Yeah, I, I hopped on their ripple. Which actually brings us to the second half of this discussion. Um, can you get fake nostalgia? What is fake nostalgia? Fake I, nostalgia I would best describe as being nostalgic for something you were never a part of and have never been introduced to, but you introduced yourself to it and are nostalgic uh, for it. You can 100% have that, but I wouldn't call it fake. Yeah, yeah I, gonna... I disagree with the, uh, the definition. So if I'm nostalgic for a time when people wore fedoras and square suits and went to milkshake bars... <laughs> that's that is fake like i have no memory there's nothing realistic i can hold on to just the images i see no but that that's but that is a so so this is this is where i this is where i'm going to do some like yeah i'm going to push back hard so when you create a memory in the first place when you were playing ps2 or whatever like that memory itself is not real the experience is real that you're doing but the memory is just in the ether it's just a thing that you're forming right like it's just something it's recording what you're doing but when you look at a painting when you read a book like you're not really there but you can still form that same kind of memory you're still forming that 
And so you can do the same thing when studying history and then be like, oh, I missed that, even though I wasn't there. Like you're, yep. you're still like, oh, I wish that existed today. That's that's you tapping into that memory, right? Like so, this no, painting no memory in particular. Is, no memory is a perfect reflection of reality. An extra oh, yeah. abstraction or two doesn't make it full day. Paintings in general, um, like if you've ever gone to an art gallery, um, and this painting in particular, love this painting. Um, Nighthawks, very um, often described as people looking at this and feeling nostalgic for this scene, despite never growing up in the. Yeah, 40s. this is this is a great <laughs> example. This is a great example um, of a type of media that gives you a moment in time and captures it perfectly. Um, in in the sense that we're all agreeing that nostalgia is not reality itself, but our our reconstruction of it. Well, it's no, it's the association. So, so this is this is what I keep harping on is that it's not the experience, it's not even the memory, it's the in between, right? And and we get we get very uncomfortable as like just people and brains when we start talking about the the thing in between the thing. Right, because that's not a thing itself. So we get, we want to try and find something more tangible. We want to try and find something we can get our hands on. So that's why we start yeah. talking about the experience or the memory. But no, 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 it's about nostalgia itself. It's about the string that connects. Right, it's yeah. that strange association. Here's another example. This is a game. Uh, I doubt many of you have heard of it. If you have, Space Outlaw. Um, it's a game that's an alternate reality. Um, not something we could have even, it's very nineties birth of the internet stylized. So you can be nostalgic about that, but going by dating the, uh, dating by the art style, they pre-predicted the USB port. <laughs> it's, it's another example of something that I see a lot of people, a lot of Gen Z people who played this game being like, man, I wish I grew up in the nineties to experience this kind of internet style. And I grew up then. <laughs> it's like it's just so weird to think about. Um and then the final example of what I would consider like nostalgia that isn't really something you've this is the 80s thing we were talking about. This movie perfectly encapsulating that kind of 80s resurgence that happened not too long ago. Uh where everything 80s was popular again and the kind of the themes and things that are in this movie scream 80s to us and people get nostalgic for them but the actual 80s only have pieces of these things presented in this movie um not the the full picture is very much like kung fury made in the 80s is very different than a kung fury made to reminisce about the 80s yep that's not in here i mean like i think a lot of a lot of human history has been at its core trying to relate experiences to people who did not have those experiences and trying to make them feel as though they did. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, great example is the Renaissance, right? The, like during the Renaissance, like those people were nostalgic for classical Greece, right? They weren't there. They were not there. <laughs> but they're like, was, yeah, we want this. A, there was a solid bit of historical revision. So. Well, that's that's almost nostalgia itself. It's like you're revising what actually happened. Well, I think there's there's historical revisionism in nostalgia for the sake of having a nostalgic, more strongly nostalgic memory. And then there's historical revisionism for. Well, we said we weren't going to get into politics, so we won't 
go that far. But the nostalgia is a secondary. The, the nostalgia is the the objective to reinforce other goals in that particular case. Yeah, um, the Renaissance had nostalgic for Greece at the end of the um, at the near the end of the Dark Age. There were people nostalgic for Rome. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, people today might be nostalgic for. For Rome, uh, I know during the Roman, during the Roman era, era, there was a huge nostalgia for ancient Egypt, and to the point where they built, they collected obelisks and decorated their cities with them, and which and, the Egyptians were none too too happy about. And then and, there was a resurgence of that in the kind of birth of I want to call it, um, I don't know exactly how how to define it, but kind of the the spiritualism era where people would be buried under uh, use like Egyptian iconography iconography or Chinese kind iconography in the completely wrong way to justify their spiritual connections. Oh, like the mummy parties or like the eye of Ra. It makes you a psychic. Are we talking how, how recent are we talking like mystery cult era or are we talking? Yeah. That kind of era where you walked and see a soothsayer and they would have, the eye of raw or like the onk around their neck and they it doesn't to them it doesn't mean anything what it actually means <laughs> or it would mean a because okay it's hard to say something actually means one thing other, but yeah that's like a whole other um but there's definitely there was definitely the whole uh the whole theosophy thing where they were like who was it there was the one lady who wrote this book that was like secretly all religions are talking about the same thing, and there's oh, like the, the uh, progenitor. And, and she's it, Russian. She's Russian, right? And maybe I don't remember, but her whole thing was one hundred percent picked up by uh, your boys, the Nazis, and Third Reich Germany. <laughs> your boys, big fans yeah. of it. Well, because one of the supposed like progenitor races in it that was lost was the Aryans, and you, well, you know where it went from there, right? Yeah, and Atlantis and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, what's the other one? The one that... Lemuria? Uh, no, the one with the fungus people. I can never remember the fungus oh, people. Oh, I don't know this one, ooh. Do you not know the, the humanoid well, fungus well, people? Well, we, have, we have maybe. a topic on Lost yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Sorry. <laughs> okay. so wait, we're doing, we're me... doing a Lost Civilizations Day? I am I'm psyched for this preemptively. We do. I can, I can bring it back. So when I was talking about the Renaissance and then we're naming all these, you know, periods or whatever, but, but what I think is really interesting is just the, the tangible um, aspect of that nostalgia, of that association that's happening, right? That is then taking effect and then changing. So people saying, hey, I wish that we had more of this thing that I was never a part of, and then actually putting that into their art or putting that into their architecture or putting that into their politics. So like, again, I know that we don't want to get political per se. Well, but we, can, we, is, can get, like, we can touch no, no, it. Right? I want, like, I I want to say, um, like, make America great again. Yeah, that is touching exactly. on, yeah. So like, that's just such a, a, a present day example of, of a nostalgia. I just don't want to get buried in. in no, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm no, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, I think what I want to talk about is that kind of like, how how nostalgia is like so almost it's like defined but at the same time not like there's there's various state there's various levels of it all, clearly there's various things you can be nostalgic over um there's shared experiences you have there's experiences people have passed down to you there's sometimes things that no one has given to you but yourself and you can get nostalgic over like a a, a past 
that probably didn't exist the way you remember it or the way you're told to remember it. Um, is is it like a lie in that sense? Like, is nostalgia like a a lie? I don't. I, what do you mean I, by lie? Like, you mean like it? So I think nostalgia can be fabricated. I mean, is it always? No. I, it, okay, outside of the sense that all human memory is fabricated by that human, this is not a pipe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Uh, I don't think it's inherently so. Like, I think it serves. I think that if you had a single human uninfluenced by other outside humans, they would become nostalgic for things over time. Right. Like it is a, a quote unquote natural process. I think it is absolutely one that can be hijacked. And I think there's a lot of people who stand to benefit or gain a lot from specifically like causing nostalgia. Um, it's a strong emotion because the past in a nostalgic mind is perfect. Right. Or the past that is being remembered is one worth immersing yourself in, certainly. Yeah, it can be. It, it's a past perfect to, to a point that perfect, you can't critic, so, criticize it. Brendan, I would say I would say it doesn't even matter if the thing exists or not. You're right. Like, because because nostalgia itself is the association, not the thing, not the experience. Right. So if I strongly associate with someone, it, it's at a certain point. No matter what you say, my association to that thing doesn't change, right? So here's that. that I guess that's um, I don't want to say a matter for the philosophers, but it's or arguably for linguists is like what the boundaries of nostalgia are. Because we've been talking about it in sort of sense. We brought up nostalgia at the beginning, and we gave it an idea, and we talked a little bit. Of maybe it is about childhood, maybe it isn't, but it definitely has boundaries somewhere. Like not to ex not to reduce other things in quality by excluding them, but, but I, I feel, feel like, like nostalgia, nostalgia probably does have eventual boundaries in terms of whether the nostalgia is for something real or imagined. Um, I don't know what you would call it otherwise, but I feel like there's an argument to be made that nostalgia for things that didn't happen. I know you said fake nostalgia earlier. I, like, I call it that because it fascinates me the most. Out of all nostalgia it fascinates me the most because I understand nostalgia for things you've gone through and have positive associations with. Like, I think it depends how we define nostalgia. That's how we define nostalgia and how, what, what we are trying to express when we use that word in this context. Right. Yeah. And that's, it, a, it, that's a more technical debate that I don't think we need to have. Right. Well, we yeah, we're, we're just doing this from know. our armchairs. We're just, yeah. we don't know. We're not well researched. Well, this isn't a debate. You want, you want a strong nostalgia trigger. Debating from the armchairs on, we should not be nearly as confident about as we are. That's a that's a family tradition for me. Um, yeah, and like the, the reason why what I call fake nostalgia and what a lot of people here seem to disagree on that description fascinates me is because there is no positive memory association with those things. You just... I think you no, make there, one up, though. I think there is. I think the act of fabricating it is a very That's important super thing. super interesting to me. Like, Would we all agree that nostalgia is one of the stronger emotions someone can have? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't think know about... I think there's a... I think it is one of the stronger non-immediate emotions. Like, I think there's a lot that are... You know, if you're deep lost in nostalgic thought and a fucking grizzly bear comes out in front of you, you're going to 
turn and run nostalgia damned, right? Like there's there's <laughs> the basic survival. But, yeah, but I, I find nostalgia pushes humanity in a lot of interesting directions. Like, you'll get a lot of people who spend their entire lives trying to recapture nostalgia in, in their careers in some way, shape, or form. Whether it be playing video games yeah, for an audience, whether it be looking for Atlantis, whether it be... Um, Late-stage capitalism, boy. Archaeology, <laughs> whether it be going to... Yeah, you're right. Your there's these tangible, these, these very, very tangible things, right? And that's that's what I was I was saying as well. I completely agree there. But I just I really disagree with when you say this fake nostalgia and for just uh, the reason why is because the nostalgia itself is the association, and association's never fake. Association's just right. there, right? I'm just so trying to dif differentiate it from you can say historical You can say firsthand versus second nostalgia. Right, right. That's a that's a big differentiator of did you build these positive things via like individual when, when you're remembering this, when you're going through this nostalgia, are there specific memories of things happening to you that you're remembering? Or are you going, are you remembering things that have, that have been transmitted to you from someone or something else? Not necessarily fabricated. No. Like it could be relayed, right? Like someone telling you about, I, I have memories for sure. When I was little, you know, when I was trying to get to sleep at night, my parents would come and I'd always demand stories from their childhoods. And they'd tell me stories about the things they did as kids. And there's a degree of nostalgia attached to that. And it is not, it's not fabric. Those are stories of no, things. No, but that's the nostalgia of your parents telling you stories at nighttime. No, this is like, what I'm saying is I have direct nostalgia for things that never actually happened to me. But that happened to them, and I heard about it. Especially ones where it paralleled something that happened to me. Uh, it, I'll, I'll fully admit. Like, I okay, I mentioned earlier uh, when I was little, we used to play around in the woods behind my grandparents' place, behind the cottage. And that's the same cottage that my mom went to when she was a young kid, and they played the same games. In fact, a lot of the games that we played, we had a little sort of make-believe town up there, were passed along from their generation to ours. They told us all the stories about having fun about it, and then we went and did it. But there's the same kind of positive association about a past that happened, about the past that is, I guess you could say, is constructed in my mind by them telling me these stories. But at the same time, also did happen and is a thing. Like, it's not, uh, it's not fabricated. I it's think, passed along. I, I think we just, again, I'm going to harp on this. We have to distinguish the nostalgia is separate from those experiences. So when we're talking about fabricated, like even fabricated nostalgia doesn't work. Anything attached to nostalgia, because nostalgia is the association between the the current feeling that you're having to the thing that you're having regarding, right? But the in-between that is happening, that's what that's what we kind of decided nostalgia it's like was. The most mm -hmm. common description of nostalgia is is longing, right? Sure, yeah. The longing for... So, like, but as soon it. as you have the word longing, like the experiences are then separate from i mean they're they're connected when you start having a discussion about it but they're separate in terms of um, when you're trying to come up with a new definition for this phenomenon well i think there's i think i think there's something to be said for nostalgia as yes it's the the you hear the the being brought back to it but it's also an experience you know i uh have the first moment where i smell the fucking damp florida scent and it <laughs> throws me back but then i can like sit there standing there for like a minute sort of lost in the memory 
And the memories of that in particular are memories specifically that happened to me versus uh, hearing about something and being lost in a memory of something that was told to you, which is interesting because I think there's, there's like, you'll have, you know, firsthand nostalgia, like direct association with things that happened to you. And that, in my experience, tends to be the strongest, but I wouldn't say that's a rule. You have secondhand where someone else told you about something that happened to them. And do we want to make a further distinction between things that actually happen? Because, yeah, I can have, you know, secondhand nostalgia from someone telling me about something they did versus is it like tertiary or constructor or whatever, where it's like, if I'm reading, you know, The Lord of the Rings, it's written as though it is a person telling you about a thing that happened. Right. And your your brain is fully capable of taking in a story with just as much credulity whether or not it actually happened in terms of how it records things like that's what human brains were built to do because we are we are the storytelling ape right pattern seeking creatures yeah so i think there's if we're going to make a distinction i think the distinction is between steps two and three like uh nostalgia that was constructed for uh because because the difference to me is that uh, someone relating to you something that happened to them is probably not consciously constructing a reality for you to take in. They might not be relating the perfect truth to you by any means. They are, you know, they've they've nostalgized it themselves and rose-tinted glasses all over it. But by contrast, you then have like, you know, the person who wants to sell you on the perfect image of the the um you know the the states in the 50s where everything was perfect and vote republican where it's very much a constructed thing like for a couple of them who lived through the upper class of it at the time maybe it's a, a personal memory but if you run into a you know young insert political party here who is raving about how great things were 50 years ago before they were born you know that's a narrative that i find to some movie- degree they're constructing to convince you I find movies and media in general to be very powerful in that regard, portraying an image of something through a nostalgic lens about an era and making it seem better than it might have actually been. Um, I mean, a lot of movies during the time in the 40s make it look like an amazing time to be alive because it's on a set <laughs> it's on a hollywood set and these are actors well, they're trying to sell you the, the most attractive most yeah the most prominent members of society they're trying to they're trying to sell you that experience do you get chills whenever you hear the intro to the lord of the rings yeah I don't, I don't know about chills, but definitely like strong memory. Yo, when I hear those yeah. horns and the uh, you know, Eleanor, Eleanor Fields, oh my gosh, every time. Or the Hobbit's Journey song. I, def- I definitely get the. Um, I definitely get yeah. it from. Uh, bleh, words in the brain uh, from the, the theme. The 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 French horns doing that sort of like. Uh, mournful mm. call. That's that's excellent. Constructed nostalgia. 
I find we forgive things that we're nostalgic for a lot easier than we do things we aren't. Oh, yeah, but that's that's how it, that's that's how like ninety percent of forgiveness works, right? Is forgetting the bad parts of something. Yeah, well, I just mean good. like look at how strong Star Wars is going, despite its many mishaps. Okay, well, do you want my there. opinion on that? Because I haven't forgiven it. Versus, like, uh, other maybe I don't know off the top of my head, but um, like there might be another movie series out there that isn't as widely regarded, and it's because of the more nostalgic you despite being a better movie series than star wars maybe i don't know i can't think I of think there's, I think there's, uh, you know i know people have noted that like people have talked about there being a stronger feeling of nostalgia like this being sort of an age of nostalgia kind of thing and i feel like part of that comes from the cynicism of the mm. modern era and that like you know you get the new star wars and we're willing to forgive a lot about Star Wars because to some degree we recognize that this new one came from Disney, which is atrocious. And of course they weren't going to do good. It's Disney. They've never done it. I, <laughs> ever, okay. Not since Eisner, was it Eisner who got up there and was like, we are under no obligation to make art. Like the guy's priorities were pretty clear, right? Yeah. And that's what the company's operated on under ever since. Like there's the, I don't know anyone who's nostalgic for like Mulan 2 or Aladdin 3 or like. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm even thinking of like, so, okay, here's a movie franchise that a lot of people are nostalgic for Indiana Jones. There was mm-hmm. a, there was, though we don't like to admit it, a fourth one, but we all forgive how atrocious it was no, we because don't. it was. Okay, we, we forgive <laughs> it. No, we don't. We just, no, 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 no. We just we pretend for- it doesn't exist. Exactly. That's different sorry, than sorry. forgiveness. We forgive it when thinking about the series as a whole. Because we expected it to be bad, we went into this knowing. No, we uh, didn't. You modern... did. At, at the time, no, there were not a lot of people who were psyched about. I was excited Indiana. for it. Okay, I was the super common. For that con- movie. The common perception that I was aware of certainly was that, oh my god, it's going to be. They're going to make a, another fucking remake that no one asked for. It's going to have so Shia excited. Buff. So, so the best example that. of that actually, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf wasn't that. Toy Story is the perfect nostalgic movie series for people, someone my age. I grew I up with Toy like Story, it. and as I grew up with Toy Story, so did mm-hmm. Toy Story grow up with me. And then there's a fourth one, um, yeah. and that that throws me off because I I grew up with Andy. I have the toys he has when he, I'm his age in the first movie. The second movie, I'm feeling the way he did because I'm I'm his age then, and then I'm going off to college and I. I'm not playing with my Hot Wheels and my dinosaurs and my my Playmobil and my Lego anymore. Yeah, a lot Wait, of people hold on, though. similar about Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, but, like, but hold on. Toy Story isn't about Andy. Or is it? Yeah, I mean, that's another discussion, but it, it, it in my opinion, it's about it is about the toys, but it's about it's about the child the childhood of Andy and what what everything around the Andy movie is is, is trying to tell you that like this is what's most important at this stage in his life. Am I allowed to make a, am I allowed to make a snarky comment about uh, people putting that kind of feeling into Harry Potter? Uh, yeah, as long as it's not mean. <laughs> I I too am nostalgic for a period of time where I as a child didn't do any meaningful analysis of 
I consumed. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what. Yeah, just like Aragon. I mean, it's just the. Yeah. You, I went, I got the Happy Meals too. Like, I didn't, I didn't really Wait. register what I was consuming. Just that, oh, there's a cool thing flashing on the screen. But here's, here's the thing. And like, I, I say this from someone who, who tries to create things, you know, desperately and sometimes they don't work. Um, like Aragon, if I ever like met him, I would be excited and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a bad word because like, because Paolini like went out there and created yeah. stuff and that's just awesome. Like I can criticize it all I want, but like I read it, I love dragons and there's elves in it. Like I was a happy camper when I was a kid, you know, yeah, I right. put on my critical hat, but like, I think that's, that's the forgiveness part that we're talking about, right? Yeah. Where that's like, you being more forgiving of your, like, I, I don't, I wouldn't care if I met him. Despite yeah, having... but I think by contrast, if I met like J.K. Rowling, for instance, right? sure, but that's oh. a whole other like that's a that's yeah, a that's right. a huge can of worms there. But no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, well, I think that's actually I think that is actually important to it though because I know we're talking about forgiveness of things, but I think in general, from well, your nostalgia changes, right? Like well, you you realize so things that weren't there before. From what I understand of how like human were, which is admittedly a limited a limited uh, portion of my field, we have a certain tendency to justify the things we want to do. Like our brains operate on a basis of you take a position and then we'll attempt to justify it as opposed to like it's something that unless we 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 really have to put active effort into coming into something objectively and like trying to make a decision based on uh like the facts we encounter as we do as opposed to coming into a preconceived notion and retroactively justifying that notion later and i think that's i mean not to break things down too much but that's the gist of what forgiveness is in humans is often essentially uh not um like is, is sort of retroactively justifying why we shouldn't be hurt by something or why something is maybe not as bad as we thought it was. Right. And that's a process though, that requires there not be any active reminders of how bad or hurtful something is. So, you know, with Paulini, it's fine because like, from what I understand, the poor guy could use a hug, but then you have um, the, the queen of turf Island over there. And that's another story <laughs> entirely, I, right? Like, I, yeah, I, I think I, I've got a lot of feelings on, on um, that. Gets into but... death of the author, and like, does your memory of something transcend the work they put out there? Like, if I was yeah. to, if I was to take Colin's book and read it uh, and have a f profound experience, at what point does that stop becoming Colin's book and starts becoming my experience? Uh, page forty, where the sex scene is. <laughs> that's where. There you go. But <laughs> you know, most people don't have that concrete answer and they have to come up with that. And I, f I feel like that's almost an answer is like, if you look at your culmination of your nostalgic ability and everything you recall, and you're able to pick out things and go, I liked this, but the person who did this was awful. Or I liked this, but I was wrong about it because it doesn't live up. Or I liked this and it does live up. Um, and an example is Halo. I like this, and it did define a generation of FPS. Or Looney Tunes. I liked this, and it's still mm, it's yeah. flawed, but it holds up because mm. it is, it, the comedy is timeless. Um, I think there's also um, things that hold up for different ways, right? Like, okay, for me, um, Aragon 
has trouble holding up as a as as a book because like I guess I've become a little more critical of like writer's craft. Whereas Harry Potter, honestly, some of the scenes still elicit a chuckle from me I'm not actively remembering the sort of intent with which they were written. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of mean spiritedness in it that uh, like appeals real well to Schrodinger and still easy to empathize with if you're not careful about it. And the reason for not liking it is a much more practical one in that sense. Like it's a it's an effect, not a yeah, um, not a, a tools or craft thing. Or an example, like I'm nostalgic for family Monopoly nights. I hate Monopoly. <laughs> I'm nostalgic for like. Rift. I prefer uh, European board games that don't have any dice. <laughs> there you go. Like I, I, I'm nostalgic for things like a situation over what is in that situation. Like I'm nostalgic for playing games with my friends. The game itself didn't really matter to me. Yeah, um, I'm going to be right back. I really got to pee. I've been holding it right. for like 15 minutes. That's permanently recorded, Colin. So. <laughs> uh, take a yeah, similar break. Sleep, so. Like slipping out quietly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do something similar. So I'll be right back and leave you three for a little bit. He's going to yeah. go pause for a cause to make his bladder go louder. So, That's... since I'm left with the two people who haven't voiced their opinion as much as Ridge and Colin, <laughs> it can be hard to talk over Ridge sometimes. It's okay, you just have to start talking while he's talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you... What, what, what do you think? How about that? Um, <laughs> sorry, I got I got really distracted for a second about... About death of the author specifically, or about um, uh, whatever, you wanna, whatever you want to touch on, as long as it's yeah, whatever you want to touch on. So whatever I had a thought know. about fake nostalgia then. So like, yep. I think there's like a differentiation between like you know, me looking at like, you know, when like someone's like, ah, oh, I should have been born in like the twenties or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's probably because they like read some book, like probably like some book recently that made them think the Roaring Twenties and Prohibition was super fun to live through. I think there's a difference between the romanticization of that and you being like, oh, I would have totally fit in perfectly. Like, I don't think that's actually nostalgia. I, I agree. Like, I th- my... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Kim. Oh, I was about to say that Like, my favorite movie is The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Like, and the idea of living on a farm, growing up and being like a cowboy and stuff is like, that is very nostalgic, like, I guess, memory for me. But for me, that is a, not a forged nostalgia or fake one, but like I created that sense of nostalgia for myself. Yeah. It's a, it's what we called secondhand nostalgia. It's where you basically romanticize something to the point where you get nostalgic over it, despite that not likely I'm, being what it was really like. At I'm all, not, I'm not sure that is nostalgia, though, right? Like, um, I like it, it. It is interesting to think about because why wouldn't it be? Yeah, what what is it at that point? Like, maybe it's because pers- like I've personally never experienced growing nostalgic about something that like 
like I've never felt nostalgic personally for like a time I didn't live in. Like, don't get me wrong, I love dinosaurs. I love playing with my dinosaurs. I'm nostalgic for the time I spent playing with my dinosaurs. But I'm not. I and I, I think they'd be really cool to be able to see. But I don't think I'm nostalgic for them. Right. Like, or just dinosaurs as like an actual concept. You know right. I mean? and it's, the same, it's the same thing with me when I when I mentioned like good, bad, and the ugly. It's like I love that to bits, but I never would actually want to live during that time. Well, for me, I uh, there were points in my life where I would want to be a pirate, or I'd want to be a knight, or I'd want to be a samurai, or I would be like, oh man, I'm nostalgic that the Roman Empire is no longer a thing, and but, it's like. like I don't like I I think everyone's wanted to like be a knight or a pirate. I don't necessarily mean that you're nostalgic about it though, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. if I think it's you form the nostalgia around the memories. Like if I like, read King Arthur and I imagine myself going off to kill dragons and I think that's what the past was so, like. Well, I think it's interesting cuz now we're we're backtracking on our agreements on what nostalgia was, right? That's why I'm being such a stickler. So at the beginning we said what's nostalgia and we went through I think it's a longing da, 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 da. does it need the experience? Okay, no because these other instances so on and so forth. We decided it's an association, it's an emotion. Well, that yeah. emotion doesn't need an actual thing other than like I can get sad I can be sad and the thing that I'm getting, I might not be directly sad about something very tangible, right? But I can still be sad. I can still have that emotion. So nostalgia is very similar where you can be nostalgic about something that doesn't exist. You can be nostalgic. I, I would argue that you could be nostalgic without an actual like time period or experience or memory. I think you could just be nostalgic. You could have that feeling because it's an emotion. It, it, it would I, be strange, but you could still have that. I think you're nostalgic, though, for like something like that you've created, not the actual like... In the same way that, like, you can be nostalgic for, like, your daydreams, right? So, um, like, is this going back to secondhand nostalgia? That secondhand nostalgia is not nostalgia? Because I'm, I'm saying that if nostalgia is the emotion, it doesn't matter how it's, it's being caused. Or what. So if I'm sad, if I'm sad about something that I never experienced, that doesn't mean that I'm now secondhand. Like, I can say I'm sad about a secondhand thing, but I wouldn't say I'm fake sad now because I still am sad. Oh. So I don't right. think it's I don't think it's this difference between fake or not. I think it's that you're not actually being nostalgic for the twenties. You're being nostalgic for the concept of the twenties that you have generated. Like what's the difference? The, well, one is um the actual like the the twenties. Where is right? it? Where is it though? It's not actual. It's a historical thing that I only have a memory of. That it, that doesn't that I was never there. The memory and the and the quote unquote actual is the same in my brain, right? Ooh, are we finally getting to the part of every philosophical discussion where we that were all we... biological meat clocks. And yes, like... but, but, but I'm with Leanne on this one. You have created yourself what you think is, I'll say, the 20s. Right. This but is I what, would... I, or, or I, think... what I believe the 20s was so like. So what, Col- what, Colin's saying, what Colin's saying is nostalgia is emotion. And emo- you can have emotions about things that you've not experienced. Like you can be sad about things you've never experienced. Or you can be angry about things you've never personally right. experienced. But and I, what I, you're I... saying is what you're actually getting nostalgic over is your own experience you've created yes. it that's the first hand versus second hand which is fine yeah. we've said that you can get second hand nostalgia but i'm still i'm still going to call that nostalgia yeah because it's the emotion itself not the event it doesn't matter if that thing he's actually just, happened he's just I'm I'm still sad second hand i'm he's sad just about the titanic right yeah. i'm sad about the yeah. titanic i wasn't there but i'm sad so about it what i'm saying is not that i'm not saying it's first hand or second hand what i'm saying is you're not nostalgic for the time period of the 20s yeah, You're nostalgic but when it comes... for the conceptual idea that you've come up with it, which is different because no, it's, it's the it's idolization not. of 
certain parts of the 20s that you have handpicked. So, so it's right. basically being equivalent to I'm nostalgic for my daydream that I've come up with, which there's nothing wrong with. Don't get me wrong. I've had some great daydreams. Lots of nostalgia there. But there's but, there's uh, no difference between me handpicking things from the 20s and being like, I'm nostalgic for this versus me picking really historical things and being like, I'm nostalgic for this because they're both just made up things that I wasn't there for. So there's there's no difference. Like one of them, one of them's historical, sure, but they're both made up. I'm yeah, just sitting in my room doing this nostalgia the thing. 20s. If I say I'm nostalgic for the twenties and I love the music and I love the jazz and I love the dancing and, and whatever. Yeah. But I myself am not nostalgic for the part of the twenties. It means I can't get to vote. That, yeah, that no, that's that's totally fair. But in the same way you know that I'm mean? nostalgic I'm nostalgic for Lego, but I'm not nostalgic for stepping on Lego. Yeah, like your own experiences are like that too. Yes, right? but you don't experience something from the twenties. I have created what I want to be nostalgic from the twenties. You're just creating you're just creating the good stuff, which is no different than the bad stuff versus the historical stuff. You're just coming up with stuff and then remembering it. Yeah, it's no different to what you're doing to yourself, your own experiences. Like the actual the actual process. So so this is this is where we're we're at our impasse is the the actual process that is happening versus the thing that actually existed timeline-wise. I'm saying that's completely irrelevant to the discussion of nostalgia because nostalgia is the emotion and the association. And so when we're talking about nostalgia itself that really doesn't matter to me. It, everything else is just made up. It might as well be Plato, right? Like it's it's just it's just ether, right? Yeah, it's like if I go back in my memories, what I'm nostalgic over, that's a good chunk of the time how I remember it is not how it actually happened. Um or what it and I'm nostalgic about, I forget either the bad or the lesser thing that happened after or before it. Um like me playing like with my friends at night, love that. But what I don't get the nostalgia over is me waking up the next morning super tired. Um, that sort of difference, I think, even if I'm correct, Colin, it still applies to your own experiences as well as well. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm even going simpler than that. Like you're, yeah. we're talking about now. We're talking about like negative and positive associations and i understand the argument of well this thing happened and this thing didn't but i'm saying they could both be fake they could both be real you can have 10 real things you can have 10 fake things what we're talking about is secondhand nostalgia yep yep and uh i think that's the point of these talks is we come in here with our half-baked opinions <laughs> and we throw them out here super confidently and it's perfect because I will die on this mountain. I will die on this hill, even if I don't agree with myself. So, what? like, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this is Colin being Colin. So, so like building a snowman versus like versus reminiscing about a time when people. We're clo lived closer together and didn't have social media or something like that. And it's like all of those experiences culminate into who we are and what we decide to let. Oh, I don't know if nostalgia can be forced upon you. I, I believe it can. You know what? I would. I'll, I'll. Okay. I will. I will. This is my olive branch. Is that in in the same way that at a certain point we're like, okay, but is that nostalgia? And it's like, maybe that's that's more of a, like a longing. I wouldn't call that nostalgia or whatever. In the same way that when when anger becomes like, okay, you're not really angry, you're more like pissy or you're more like annoyed, 
right? Like, like I, I would be willing to go there and say like, yeah, there's not these defined nostalgia things. So maybe the thing that we're calling nostalgia isn't really like most people it's wouldn't call that nostalgia, fine, but we right. can, you know? It's yeah. Really so like, like there's a, there's soft edges, right? That if you wanted to say, well, when you're doing some of the secondhand nostalgia, when you're doing this, some of this historical stuff, now you're moving into longing. Now you're moving into like, that's not really like, I would, I would be okay kind of, but as long as we still have that association of emotional part, like, because that's what we agree. Oh, on. I completely agree with that. I, th I, I do think there's a difference though, between like longing and nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, I think, that's yeah. something I'd say no it's, one's really gotten into, right? That's kind well, of what we're discussing. I think it's sort of, the problem is that they're not necessarily entirely distinct classes. Like it's sort of a Venn diagram. Yeah. Like there are, there are varieties of longing fade into nostalgia. There is parts of nostalgia that involve longing, but they're not. One you can have longing for things, but you can't have nostalgia without longing in a sense. I don't know. I think you can. I don't know. I don't really think that like there's certain things I'm nostalgic for that, but I'm okay like it not never having... happening again. Yeah. I well that that goes back. Remember at the talk at the beginning we're talking about like melancholy versus nostalgia. I think there's things where you can be happy to immerse yourself in memory of them without wishing they would happen again. Yeah. And at that point we're going against its very definition though, just so you know. Does, do, do we have like a, a dictionary definition of nostalgia though? Because yeah, like, yeah, we we read it at the beginning, and then um, at the beginning, yeah. Brendan read read the definition, and then we all talked about what it could or couldn't be, and we decided that it's the association, and it's an emotion. It's, it's defined the association, as not the actual experience. Mm. Yeah, it is defined yeah. as longing or memory of the past. I'm not going to say that the people who write dictionaries are all a bunch of hacks because that's not true, but the sen <laughs> the sentiment is rising up and. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine to have a different opinion. It's just it's just at, like that's that's where we derive how we talk about topics. Um, because like basically, one person sat down one day and was like, "Why am why am I so attached to these things that happened in my past? What is going on in my mind?" And said, "That's nostalgia." And at what point? Is that no longer longing versus nostalgia? At what point, like, at what point do you say that person is is like remembering? Well, longing, longing, is a, longing is a wanting, right? Like, it's it's to long for something is to want it. Yeah, uh, with other um, qualifiers added on. And yeah, I think saying. that I think that the the important part of nostalgia is not necessarily wanting. It's the it's the positive association which yeah. can result in wanting but doesn't have to right like i think that's where the boundary i should could, i could agree on that i mean i don't know if i could say like every like all the i don't know if i could agree because everything positive that has ever happened to me i would love if something as positive in similar circumstances happened to me again right so there's always that like I don't know if I'd call it longing, but I'd be fine if, like, I got to sit down and play video games with friends on a couch till two o'clock in the morning again. I actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'd argue that that's not nostalgia. That that nostalgia is because there's a difference between constructing a potential present or future in your brain versus 
wall not wallowing in the past, but waiting. Well, it's because of my past and my nostalgic for those things that I want those things to happen. But is the nostalgia about the past inherently, or can it ex can it extend to want things? <clears throat> yeah, I think nostalgia has to be about the past. It it, like the, the, the subject has to be from the past, but what are you doing? It's the what's the are you are you remembering the past or are you well I'm romanticizing it. I'm long I'm I'm taking my positive memory, I'm taking the best parts of that, whether secondhand or first hand. Sure. And then I'm constructing that in my head and then going, Man, wouldn't it be nice if this happened again? And yeah. it might so are, not you, are you specifically that. doing that? Because like I know a lot of the time when I'm nostalgic about something, I'm not my brain doesn't necessarily it's not not out of this but my brain doesn't go to wouldn't it be great if that happened again it's well for some uh, things no like i wouldn't want colored ketchup on my hot dogs again uh, <laughs> that was cool oh, i never had that and i don't think i ever want it it's just ketchup that's died it didn't taste any different but at the same time like yeah we don't want colored ketchup but if like i'm nostalgic for sitting on the couch and drinking beers at university with all my buddies yeah, I would take that back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, I think that's the interesting thing is it's is it take that back or make it happen again? Because there's a lot of the time where you're thinking of something in the past and you're like, I I would like to experience that again as I remember being versus I want to do the same. Like if you extract the the sitting on a couch drinking beer with your buddies, yeah, you can absolutely like plan to you're like you know I feel like drinking some beer on the couch with my buddies. Let's get some buddies on the couch and some beer. Versus, like, imagining yourself back in the state that you yourself being in when you had in the past. Okay, Ridge, I cannot a... drink as much beer as I can. Like, I cannot drink as much beer now <laughs> as I could back then. <laughs> yeah, that's and where not it's regret it the next day, right? Like, would <laughs> would I transport myself back in time to the moments I'm nostalgic about? Some of them, yeah. But I think that's. I think the point is, what are you thinking? Does it make you want to go do the thing in the future, or does it make you lose yourself in that memory of the past? Because I'd well, argue that nostalgia is fundamentally tied. I, th I I can speak to this more than I I can any other thing that we've talked about because I've definitely done that. I've definitely tried to recreate nostalgia in my life, and it's never the same. It's always new memories. But you're trying to recreate the nostalgia. Yeah, so but nostalgia is, is the part of the past that you are now trying to recreate. It's, it's memories of the past that you're not Yeah, and I and what I end up getting instead is new nostalgia. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I never recreate the same I can never recreate the same moments. But what I can do is get new ones. Like yeah. I've replayed Bioshock, but the first time I play Bioshock is always the most important one to me. Hundred percent. Or yeah, I've yeah. I've played games with people up staying up late but the longing for that time when i was a child and i had less responsibilities mm -hmm. is inherent in a lot of people and that in itself i can never recreate so i guess what i'm saying for the sake of because we're quibbling over the def infinitely over the definition of nostalgia is, well there is one yeah i mean we're armchair philosophizing we yep. don't just go to addiction like behold a man you know um I think that there's, because there's a moment where you remember good thing, and your brain is like, man, good thing was good, good times. And then maybe your brain moves to, would be good to do good thing again. 
And I'd argue that when you move into that, that's that's having like past the nostalgia phase. The well, nostalgia the is longing, right? Yeah, there yeah. are two definitions on my screen, and the first one is his sentimental longing or wishful affection for the past. But to yeah. me, that's when you get into the: is this am I am I sad or am I annoyed or sorry, am I angry or am I annoyed? Like, like who cares? You know, like yeah, you would you would use the different word if you were writing like a masterpiece, but if you're just talking about it, it's not. You know, there's going to be a slight difference, but it's not a big deal. That's that's what I would say. That yeah, because you just like, as long as you acknowledge it's as long as you acknowledge it's it's a an emotion association. We have this longing piece. Then like that's that's nostalgia, and then you can be like. If you were again, if you were to write out a sentence about what you're nostalgic about, you might be like, "Oh, that word doesn't quite fit there." You could do that. That's that's what I would think. Yeah, at this yeah, point, we're splitting hairs. We're yeah. we're we're arguing over like because that's the point of this, honestly. Is is which is fine. Like I like I don't get me wrong. I love wordsmithing, and I really like doing that. But I also don't like wordsmithing when it goes beyond the agreeance of what the thing was in the first place because yeah. then you're no longer you know you're not wordsmithing then your definition splitting and that's like completely different yeah, i think it's still not arguing we are discussing mm -hmm. no well okay i i argue, <laughs> I argue. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 100 on the argument i mean to be to like the history of the word comes from greek and that greek word it comes from homecoming um meaning pain or ache like that's the perfect image of a nostalgia emotion to me is like when I have a nostalgic experience, there's almost like a ghostly feeling inside of me. Like, you're, right. you're, you're, you're coming like, back like to... either I'm home or like, like almost like I'm, I'm, I'm something is walking through me and, and there's this depth feeling inside of me. Yo, are you high right now though? <laughs> no. Okay. It'd be, awesome if, it'd be <laughs> awesome if you were. No, like these are good words. Hey, hey, hey. He's he's recording this. So are you high in Minecraft? <laughs> it's on okay. the FBI that doesn't work anymore. Oh, that's okay. No, no, they were beautiful words. Honestly, like that. That's just a great way of putting it. I, yeah, like yeah. you kind of want to associate. Like it, it says here, and I agree. You want that romanticism that the associated with nostalgia homesickness um as a uh, is defined under nostalgia um when you get homesick of a specific place or people right um it even says regret here which is interesting because we touched on that is there like we said that negative emotions but can you have regret in positive emotions i think you can yeah i agree with that yeah like, you know, you regret you, like, didn't spend more time with someone or, like... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and in fairness to the whole nitpick, like, we're, we're nitpicking definitions, but at the end of the day, language is... is, dis, uh, is um, what's the word? Chomsky. <laughs> no, language, <laughs> language is not Chomsky. That's not... It's it's descriptive instead of prescriptive, right? Like whatever. I think that's the reason we have so many definitions for it. Is it doesn't matter. Like if we're trying to break it down to have a firm philosophical definition, so that we can have firm philosophical debate. And yeah, okay, we can try and narrow it down to one. But what the dictionaries are meant to record and what they are going to record is how people use it. And yeah. people 
will use all sorts of words for their opposites because that's how people that's a, that is how the human do so the how last... many words are defined as both a meaning and the opposite of that meaning because it's meant to mean like strenuously so and people wind up associate it with thing and strenuous and so they associate the opposite as well as with the first yeah well have you ever looked up the definition of peruse right i have a nostalgia for the moment before i looked up the dictionary definitions of peruse and that would be an interesting thing to go down once we if we ever have a, a language discussion but to bring us back on track, the last thing I want to touch on is 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 an interesting phenomenon in humans. Um, and I say that weirdly because I don't know if it happens in other species. But nostalgic... Like, I don't know. You know when you feel something that's happened to you? Like, maybe you broke your arm and now you get a pain every time it rains. What is that? Is that your body being nostalgic? Like I don't think your body memory. is being nostalgic. I think you're like it's a, a memory. Lot of that it's a memory, right? In it's your not necessarily no. I, that has I, to I, do no, with I, pressures. I, I see what you mean? Like think about the last time you fell down the stairs. Does like you get a little ache in your side, like or like a little shiver, or you think of or you look at a blizzard and you're like, oof, I remember being super cold, and your body like involuntary shivers. I think he's getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I your body stores memories that sometimes your brain doesn't even recognize. Meat clock. Meat clock. Cartesian meat duality clock. was a lie. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think that this is a good place to end because <laughs> it shows that our uh, our minds aren't just the only thing that has like a memory to it, and that. Maybe, no, they are <laughs> maybe like maybe cells can be nostalgic about certain feelings and certain things on some level. Maybe an, it's a base emotion. Well, I don't know about that. I, I don't. I, I don't think that cells have emotion. I think that's uh, yeah. In as much as anything has emotion, emotion of consciousness. That's, okay. They're programming uh, though. They got programming, and they're doing stuff because of that programming. Yes, but mm -hmm. there's a distinct difference. I mean, like everything. Is I write programs for a living. So my programs don't have emotions. I would, yeah. I would say the only, the only difference is consciousness. That, that's what I would say. Obviously, yeah. it's a big difference, but that's the only difference. Well, mostly. Can animals be nostalgic? Do we? Know? We don't know if we can. To well, be we, honest, we do we not know. understand how the human, how the human does. Well, we know so. humans are nostalgic. Well, elephants do. Because we, do... we don't know that humans fucking anything, man. Humans are are a gross meat clock, and our our understanding of how the human brain works is so lacking. Like, okay. yeah, but we can well, still have well, we can still have a conversation better. about nostalgia and say that we've had an emotion. We just did that, so we, yeah. we can't we can't walk back the entire thing and be like, oh, well, I don't know if nostalgia even exists. It's like, no, oh, yeah, it, it exists to the top That's because we're, we're making the assumption cave to the illusion of consciousness, right? Like, that's that's generally a common base assumption when having philosophical... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it farther. I'm saying I have had nostalgia. I've had that yeah. experience, so it exists. Yeah. Okay, done.
like like that's it, right? So you're you're going you're going. I I I think I therefore, therefore I think I therefore I am plus chemical theory, right? Like it's just <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like that's it. Yeah, the yeah, discussion the like discussion's that. not going to go beyond that. We're not going to talk about we're not going to in a jar, but like right. It's not the a point brain in a jar. It's just you. Do you think that you do and think things outside of what is immediately necessary? Just keep continuing the atoms that make up your body, right? Sorry, what's the question? Do you, do you think that you think and do things outside of what is like necessary for you to pass out? So Ridge keeps cutting off, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what Ridge is saying is I'm being pedantic and I need to drink alcohol because that's where we're going with this. No, I, I, so, I think. Okay, hold on. I don't need to get drunk to recognize <laughs> like, causality, right? <laughs> I think arguably getting drunk when thinking about hard causality might make things worse. Uh, but I, I think we're just going to say no, that. No, but, but again, that like this is this is where you know those conversations, about the conversations. The yeah, the conversations always you know becomes that metaphysical. Oh, is this even real? Or it's like no, well, you know we can argue about what's what's real in a metaphysical sense all day. But we've decided for this conversation that these things exist, so they do. Like like that's it, right? I have these emotions. Okay, great. We're going to talk about them now. They exist. Done. Like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can then be like, oh, as a neurosurgeon, actually, these things don't. It's like, okay, well, you're a nurse neurosurgeon. You're not part of this armchair philosopher discussion. <laughs> so who cares about you? And also that neurosurgeon I just made up is completely theoretical. So he doesn't exist. So screw him, right? Nostalgia is real. It exists. Oh, um, man. <laughs> we were talking about animals having nostalgia. How I'm perfectly fine there? putting up scarecrows <laughs> all day. Yeah, let's, well, do you, do you, does anyone have, like, an interesting story of anything that could remotely... Actually, can I finish yeah, Kim's, yeah. Kim's question there for a second, though? Because I think what I was trying to get at is that, like, I think people will quibble about, like, oh, can animals have nostalgic feelings because they think there's, like, the, the, the question that that begs is, is there something innately different about humans that allows us to do this that other things cannot? I think is there, is there some kind of, like, human exceptionalism that says we are capable of emotion or whatever where other things cannot where from a from a like hard deterministic point of view there's n both nothing different about humans and also like there's nothing different about between meaningfully different being humans and like dirt in the sense that we're a series a collection of atoms operating under consistent rules right i think it has to do with consciousness and how consciousness has developed yeah which means if we think it's if we think consciousness is a thing, then potentially yes, maybe animals cannot. We know we know animals have emotion. We know yeah. certain animals are smarter than others, like octopus. Well, we know it. We know it in and as far as we know. So, so this is this is what I would say, Brendan. To your question, I would say there is a possibility for animals to experience what we understand to be nostalgia because they have some consciousness and they have emotions. We know that. But that's but I, I don't think I would be confident in saying they for sure will experience nostalgia because I think it's uh, it's a, an emotion that requires uh, association and, and memory or experience creation. In, inherently, I don't know. If they they can... totally do. Well, like right, I'll but, use my but I'm not sure. Example, right. I'm not sure. We if had they a can toy that we loved. We hid the toy because it got lost somewhere. We recently found it. 
and he's freaking excited to just see the thing the moment we present it. He so is that is that nostalgia? I would say so. I, I like would, we had I a dog growing. Remembering the signs point to yes. So, but see, this is this is going back to our soft definitions, and like where I I wouldn't in a sentence if I were to write it, if I were to talk to someone, I wouldn't say, "Oh, and my dog had nostalgia for this toy." I would say, "No, you, you remembered this toy that we hit." You have a nostalgia, right? To look or he's yeah, reincarnated. It's possible. It's 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 interesting to think about because <laughs> to end the conversation, nostalgia and a lot of the things we've talked and touched upon here come from a very human perspective and what humans define as intelligence. And yeah. in the end, there might be emotions or things experienced by their... Uh, we know they can already see in different light spectrums, which is to stop them from thinking on different levels. Obviously, there there is a clear difference between how a human thinks and how an animal thinks. But what is that difference like we're better than them or is it simply we're just different? No, it, I don't think the, the better than conversation has to take place when asking if uh, an animal has a certain emotion. Yeah. Right? And yeah. at the end of the day, nostalgia is, is something I, I can only, with the only proof I'm given scientifically, say happens to humans as far as until I encounter another species that can relay to me something similar to what I describe as nostalgia. And uh, that's probably worth it. So we, I think we're yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stop our short the deadline. Uh, well, we're going to do a little chill session where I explain what we're going to do next. And then we're just okay. going to talk for 30 I was minutes. Gonna, I was going to talk about elephants, but, you know, oh man, no! I was actually oh, okay. thinking the same thing. I'm really glad you said that. I was Do you have something thing. on elephants? That's well, about I was going to say elephants. if we if we assumed nostalgia to be that moment about how that can to make you want to recreate a thing or back to it. I think that if we were looking for nostalgia, best if not proofs and certainly signs of it would be attempts to recreate or go back to a thing that they would presumably nostalgic about so when you have animals like elephants that will like for instance make a point of stopping near where one of their family died in the past and yeah. like sort of staring at it for a little bit on the way past i think that could be taken as a sign of nostalgia of, yeah. of rem a fond remembrance of that past that they're acknowledging by taking an action as they pass by it I completely uh, it's not hard proof by any means but I think it could be taken as a very strong indicator. Uh, That's certainly right. stronger than a lot of like, you know, the the mirror dot and mirror test that we take as a sign. That's a, it's actually a cool example. I didn't, I didn't know that elephants did that. Yeah, dude, they, they have like funerals. Yeah. They have funerals, dude. Yeah, graveyards. Well, I know, well, I know, certain animals can mourn. Like I've seen household pets mourn the loss of their owners or mourn the loss of fellow household pet friends. So, like, yeah, they have funerals. I knew that. And, I mean, their most ancestors, monkeys, like, they have insane levels of similarities to how we perceive and do things emotionally um, to the point where they can communicate with us through sign language. Arguably. Sure. And, and, and 
I'm always interesting to like try and and picture what nostalgia would be like for an animal. Like, does it remember? It obviously you remember things, but does it like hold attachment, a longing to things? Can it even afford to, with its survival instincts being its entire life, how it determines its move forward? And uh, yeah, that ends episode one. Ooh.